Being a non-conformist is like swimming against the current. It's challenging, it's exhausting and can be scary at times. But just as a fish that swims against the current can discover new territory and find its own path, a non-conformist can break free from the constraints of tradition and create something truly unique and powerful. As Adam Grant writes in his book, Originals, non-conformists are the ones who drive progress and create change in the world. They're the ones who challenge the status quo, question authority and refuse to settle for the way things are. But being a non-conformist isn't easy. It means going against the grain, facing criticism and resistance and taking risks that others might shy away from. And yet, it's only by embracing our non-conformity that we can truly unlock our full potential and make a meaningful impact on the world. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my own experiences as a non-conformist and talking to some incredible guests who have harnessed their own non-conformity to achieve great things. We'll explore the challenges and rewards of being original and look at how we can all tap into our own unique perspectives and talents to create a more innovative, dynamic and inclusive world. So if you're ready to challenge the status quo, break free from the mold and embrace your own non-conformity, then join me with this exciting podcast, The In With The Outsiders. It's time to unleash your inner original and make a difference in this world. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to The In With The Outsiders. As you know, this is The Outsiders talking inside stuff. And um, I really want to, to actually introduce you to Kerry James. Actually, he was one of my peers in the industry, um, like serious digital digerati, if I can put it that way. He still does a lot of digital stuff. I was doing ethnography to understand this whole spiritual awakening that's happening. And then I started seeing these retreats and I wanted to understand what happens in retreats. And here pops up Kerry James doing firewalking. And I was like, Ah, that's interesting because these things actually happen. And then um, I watched an interview with him and Beatrix von Espey, who's also with us today. Extraordinary lady. Um, they are fire masters, but they do so much. We're going to have two episodes. The one episode, we're going to talk about fire walking. And then the next one, we're going to talk about sweat lodges. Now, I don't know much about this, but it's very fascinating. So I want to start off with a story. When I was a young girl in, in Durban, we used to have, um, the, I think it was a, a Hindu festivals that always used to happen once a year close to where we were on a kopi. And my mom always used to drive, <laughs> drive by and she always used to tell me, you know what they're doing there? They're fire walking. And I remember as a little girl, I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> What's wrong with everybody? Anyway, so as I started exploring this conversation, I started talking to people about, have you, you, know, have you ever done fire walking? And I was surprised to hear that a lot of people have actually done it. And they say it's one of the most liberating experiences. I just didn't know it's really like this up and current thing that's really um, happening, especially when I started seeing, you know, what people are searching for, when they started searching for it, and also just the community conversations around everything happening. And then I went um, to the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within, and I see he does fire walking as well. And I was like, okay, there's something to it. Let's talk about it. So without further ado, Beatrice, I'm going to start with you. Tell us all about yourself and then over to Kerry. Hi there, Beatrix. Thank you for that amazing introduction, Carmen. So I started firewalking, is it now, Kerry, five years ago, four years ago? Yeah, four years ago. It's an interesting story. Me and Kerry were doing our first labyrinth walk together. And um, through the process of walking the labyrinth, 
he was told to take me to the fireworkers instructor's um, week training. I went and it completely changed my life. It literally changed the trajectory of my life the moment I did that. And I've been walking on fire since then, having hosting fireworks for as many people as I can. It's just the life-changing power of seeing someone walk across fire is everything. Wow. And so that's my big passion. I do a lot of things, but that's the thing I love the most. <laughs> Gary! <laughs> Hey, how are you, Carmen? Thank you so much as well for that introduction. As you were speaking, I was just getting goosebumps everywhere. It was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been, uh, been in the digital space for probably close to 30 years now. I've done many things. My digital has taken me into multiple businesses. And uh, one day, quite some time ago, a friend of mine phoned me up, a guy by the name of Quirbus, and he said to me, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, I don't think I have any plans. He says, well, I'd like to invite you as a guest of mine to come and do the fit. And I said, well, what's the fit? And he says, no, it's the Fire Walker Instructor Training Program. I was like, okay. He says, yeah, you're going to come to my farm. You're going to spend a weekend with me uh, with a couple of friends, and we're going to go through a couple of processes, but I'm not going to tell you too much now. And I was like, okay. Went along, and uh, in 2016, that's when this was, uh, we went through a four-day process of literally building a series of, of uh, breakthrough experiences. So we would start off in the morning, we did some goal setting, and then we, we kind of went through there. We did a board break, and then we did an arrow break. And uh, unbeknownst to us, that night, we were busy building a firewalk, and we walked on fire for the first time. And I was like, wow, what is this? And the second night, we, second day, we did the same thing, progressed to the night, and uh, we ended up doing a second firewalk. And it was even hotter and even bigger. And I was like, what is going on here? And in order to qualify, on the fourth night, we had to uh, walk the fire 108 times, uh, which obviously you would know is a spiritual number. And uh, yeah, we received our certificates, uh, certified firewalking instructor. And as Beatrix says, one day in the labyrinth, many years later, uh, walking the labyrinth, I got this message and it said, you need to take Beatrix to the, fire, to the fit, let her go and... Uh, become a firewalking instructor and you need to become a facilitator and, and co-facilitate the process, which I did. And, and that was life-changing. Fascinating. You know, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, no, I haven't done firewalking. Um, I am intrigued. I do think I would like to try it one day. Um, I just have to get the courage because the other day I was trying to put a candle out with my fingers and I was go going, because in your documentary you were going, um, ice cold, ice cold, ice cold, ice cold. And I'm going, ice cold, ice cold, but I got burnt. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that didn't work out so well for me. Um, clearly there's a whole process, but we'll get into the process um, of firewalking. I think the big thing for me is because of, you know, I'm just talking um, as a little girl and seeing people doing um, firewalking on the festivals, on, on the copy close to where we stayed, I want to understand, you know, what is the cultural and historical um, origins of fire walking? Why do people do it? And um, what, where does it come from? Yeah, so if, if I can take that for a moment, I think, you know, the, probably the most important question you've asked there is why do people do it? Um, you, know, you, you know, it's like, I guess in a way, um, not that it's related, but why would anybody throw themselves out of a normal, perfectly flying conditional airplane to, you know, to do a, to do a, a parachute jump? It's the same thing. Why would you walk over fire? And I think with <laughs> fire walking, it's, it's, it's a number of things. You know, there's obviously this natural idea that there's fear attached to it. If I walk over fire, I'm going to burn. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about uh, knowing and seeing and obviously facilitators that take you through the process are going, well, if you can walk over fire, what else can you do? 
So it's about breaking through. It's about setting intentions. It's about overcoming fear and beliefs around fear. And it's also very much around setting intentions. So if you want to, um, you know, set a very clear vision for your life, or there's a particular area of your life that you feel is not, you're not getting the results that you want, you can use fire in that way to assist you in, in terms of achieving it. As for its origins, so fire walking has been done for thousands of years, practiced by many, many cultures, uh, all very much in the same way. Um, you mm. know, so it's, it's it's the same intentions, same healing, same same modalities, just just different cultures. Beatrix, now you know, just talking about the origins, um, you know, something that I also find very interesting is this whole idea of people facing their fears, like you know, Kerry said, jumping out of a plane. It's the same thing. And there's the saying, you know, with a dragon, um, see, see your fears like a dragon, run towards it in order to get the gold um, rather than running away from it because from courage is where this um, growth happens. And I think that what I'm, what I'm sensing is that this is a lot about this inner journey um, of people wanting to do this. Can you talk a little bit about the courage element um, you know, to, to get people, because I'm sure people come there, but they, they still have issues with their courage. You know, they are a little bit worried. Are they going to walk or not? You know, they go on this retreat and not sure if they want to do it or not. Yeah, thanks. So that's exactly right. So fire walking has actually been used since 1200 BC um, in India, Iron Age. It was used as a rite of passage. It's used as a way to sort of test strength and courage. And also in religion, it's used as a test of faith. Um, I mean, I don't think I would recommend that, but this is how people use it. And so the courage part, and even me, myself, I walk I walk on fire a lot, and most of the fire walks, I open the fire. So I'm the first one to cross the fire um, once we finish building. And I find even in myself, still today, I have to find that courage every time. I have to find the reason every time, because what you end up doing is, the moment before you start walking on fire, you have to look straight in front of you. You have to visualize hitting that goal or um, getting over that obstacle. You have to have that visual point that you look towards and you walk right through it. So um, that's part of building the, the courage because you're not going to have the courage if you don't have the goal. And so a lot of the work that I do mm. with fire is around finding that your values firstly, identifying your own values and then building those goals and the vision from your values, because that's how you ultimately get to do really difficult things to get to where you want. If it's a goal that doesn't really align with your values and it doesn't really matter, it's just there to look good, probably not going to work. So it's just super crucial that you get that part right. Oh, lordy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the truth. That's, a, that's the way to get your fingers burnt. Th this huh? is the truth. I mean, <laughs> we're walking on real fire here, so you have to be very, very clear about every time, like, doing mm. it exactly right. And there are scientific theories that your feet don't touch the embers for long enough to actually cause damage, and that's how people get to do it. Perhaps that's true sometimes. I don't know. All that I know is that when I walk across fire, I have to know why I'm doing it. Otherwise, I get kissed, as we call um. it. So, um, you know, Beatrix is spot on from a perspective of um, having a very clear intention. It's it's a few things I just want to touch on around mm -hmm. that. So I remember saying to to Kerbis when I completed the, the the fit and I said to him, OK, so now I can walk on fire so I don't have to worry anymore. Uh, I can just walk anytime I want. And he said, no. He said, firstly, if that was the case, what would be the point of doing it? Um, and, and it? And I was like, what do you mean? He says, you should have a clear reason every time you walk. 
because otherwise you're just walking over fire. And and that's so that's that's a big part of it. The other thing is there's a, a whole host about vibrational uh, energies, right? Your vibrational frequency, because mm-hmm. everything has a vibrational frequency. We talk about the law of attraction and uh, manifestation, all of these things. Everything has a frequency. So if you want certain things in your life, you need to vibrate at that frequency. In fact, you need to vibrate at the frequency of it, and you you find yourself there as opposed to attracting it. Is is a belief. And in the same way with fire, if you're going to cross fire. Fire has a frequency, and if you can't match that frequency, you're going to you're going to get you're going to hurt yourself. So we, a lot of what we do in the process is, aside from just setting the intention and and explaining the process and the fear and all of that, we go into state. So we have to raise our vibrational frequency, um, and then we walk. I love that, and, and and just listening to that, I was watching um, a documentary by Jason Silver a, a while ago where he was talking about the history of um, the history of fire. And he was talking about, you know, we were actually hunted. <laughs> and that time, um, you know, they would give birth under the moon, um, you know, to have, uh, you know, to have light in order for them to be safe. Um, and this is where they then uh, believed that um, fire was given by the gods. Um, and this is how this whole tradition then started. And then as they started learning how to make fires, the fires became bigger and bigger and bigger. And from being bigger, um, we evolved and steel um, started, the age of steel started happening and mount, uh, melting steel. And with fire, we started creating these concrete ju- jungles and the industrial revolutions and, and so forth. And um, if we look at fire in people's hands and that nuclear bombs are currently sitting, you know, at the tip of a, a, a button, you know, you're just pressing a button, you can destroy the whole world with this element of fire. Fire is dangerous. Fire is not something to play with if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and um, it's interesting that fire can be so destructive, but it can also be so healing um, and you know, using fire as a tool to actually access that that inner healing and accessing that inner knowing or something that you need to overcome in your life, like something liberating. Um, the, 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 the thing that I would like to also just talk about is perhaps, say, for example, I go to a retreat and I decide I now want to go do fire walking. Talk me through the process, because I'm assuming that you need to start preparing fires from what I've seen in your documentary. And then there's probably how do you work with the people and then how do you get to the ceremony part? So I think it's maybe something we can both talk about um, because we both come at this from a different viewpoint. Oh, it's same, but I, I like I like you know hearing Beatrix's view on this as well. But for me, it's a case of um, you know typically what will happen is uh, if we just kind of move away from the from the ceremony for the moment, you'll the typical conversation will be you'll be at a bry and you you know you're kind of cooking your meat and and one of your very clever friends will say to you oh so you're a firewalker hey so can we take the coals out of this uh, uh bry put it on the ground and can and can you walk on fire for us show us you know that's typically oh, the thing or gosh. can we walk on this fire and yeah so so i think you know and we always kind of have a giggle and then and then i kind of set the set the clarity around it and i think the important thing to understand around that is that it's all about intention everything from the beginning right so why are you doing it so if you think about the exact example of the bry, people standing around, hot coals, cooking meat, what's the intention? The intention is to cook the meat. Now, if you take those coals and you walk over them, you're going to burn your feet because you're, you're going to cook your feet, basically. And that's what, because that's what the intention is. So the alternative is if you're now going, you're going specifically to a, to a, a, a retreat where you're now part of the process is healing people through fire. 
generally what we tend to do is we don't always let people know right up front you're coming to a firewalking event. I mean, unless it's specifically a uh, you know where we're an exercise where we're saying, listen, you're coming to a firewalk. But generally, firewalking fits into a bigger process, uh, and firewalking is then used as the breakthrough. <clears throat> so what we would do is we would mm. start from the beginning: the wood we pick, how it's placed, why people are walking getting people to write down specifically on a piece of paper, on a piece of wood, why they're walking, what it is they want to break through. Um, the accelerants that we use. So, for example, we won't use um, like petrols and diesels. We'll rather use cooking oil, sunflower cooking oil, because it just it's softer on the wood. The flames are softer. So everything right through from the start to the finish. Um, and then, yeah, and then just literally leading people up to the fire. The other thing as well that's very important is, yes, you might have some people going, oh, we're here, we're going to do a firewalk, we're going to make a fire, and we're just going to do it and hurt themselves, um, is we, we say trust the process. So a lot of people will be like, I'm here to do this firewalk. I don't know if I can do it. And we say, take the pressure off yourself. Even like when we were speaking to Shannon earlier, saying, well, is this something you'd love to do? Oh, I'd love to do it, but I don't know. It's like, don't worry about do I have to do the firewalk? Don't I have to do the firewalk? Just trust the process. When we say take your shoes off, take your shoes off. When we say sign the indemnity form, sign the indemnity form. When we say get into state and do the chanting, do that. The only time you make the decision whether you're going to walk or not is the moment you step up to the fire and you're now conscious in that moment going, am I going to take the first step or am I not? Mm -hmm. And the, if the fire calls you to walk, you walk. If the fire doesn't call you to walk, you don't walk. Love that. Beatrix? Yeah, so exactly what Kerry said, the intention, super important. And then I can maybe just run you through like how the day will normally go and how you get to from not knowing there's a fire to walking across the fire. <laughs> so let me give you a sample day. So like Kerry said, it will often be part of a bigger retreat. Like the work I do is a lot of, around vision and goal setting. So you will have some build up knowing that you are in this kind of spiritual space space you are working on breakthroughs so that is like a very meditative for the kind of walks that I like to do a very meditative introspective kind of space so just at this point I'll explain to you that there's two ways of doing a fire walk the one is what I like to do is called a spiritual walk and then there's like the the more the Tony Robbins the high energy walk okay so for the high energy walk uh, maybe Kerry can go back and explain how he does that because he does that really well so what I normally do, I'll do the more spiritual walk. So yes, now you're in this contemplative state. Um, and somewhere in the afternoon, early afternoon, we will start building the fire. I'll get everyone to build together. From this point, I'll start explaining the intentions, the words you say. So at that point, we don't talk about getting hurt. We don't use the, the B word. Um, so we will get very conscious about what we want. The what word? The B word. Is that bry? <laughs> Oh, burn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, just asking. Burn. <laughs> so we don't bry our feet. <laughs> um, language, is, language is very important, yeah. as we know, right? Yeah. In everything we do, how we set intentions, goals. So now if you're sitting around talking about a, f a firewalk and you say, hey guys, don't worry about getting burnt, already you put creating a picture in someone's mind mm. exactly and it's the vibration of the word i mean we i'm very like ask kerry i'm not even i don't even let people say my cell phone is dying i say it's sleeping because i know the importance of words so when you're around the fire the sure. words are so important so i'll start building that kind of intention around once we've laid the fire out i'll ask people to start writing their intentions what do you want to release into the fire what do you want to achieve start really going deep and finding that 
that why so that later on you'll be able to do it quite easily. Um, then there will be a period where um, we'll sit in a circle. I like to have people close to the fire. When you're doing the, the rah-rah that Kerry will explain, you'll normally go away from the fire so people don't get distracted by the fire. But I like doing it at the fire. So here's where we really connect. We meditate with the fire. We start singing fire songs. And all of this helps you match the vibration of the fire. So as time goes, you will literally start feeling yourself like you can feel your body vibration changing and you can feel you becoming closer to the fire. You start looking at the flames, you'll start seeing messages and shapes in there. Um, and this is where you know, okay, now I'm starting to vibrate with the fire. <clears throat> and then as it gets dark, um, we will pick it up a bit on the, the chanting and the singing. So we've got a couple of like really nice spiritual and, and fire songs. And we'll keep talking, we'll start sharing stories. We'll, as the spirit leads us, We'll get closer and closer to each other as a group, um, sharing what we want to share and really starting to feel that connection to spirit. And then when the time comes, I like to do quiet walks. So we'll all stand in line. We get The fire will be ready. I'll be the first one, so I'll walk across the fire, open the fire to show that it is, it's doable, it's safe. And then from that point, we, um, depending on the person, um, they can either say they want quiet, in which case they'll show like this with their hand, and everyone will just be quiet and give them like just energetic support to walk across the fire. Mm. And then when they're done, they will say their thank you. And then the next one and the next one. If there's someone who wants that extra energy of people like encouraging them verbally, then we'll have some chance or people will be able to go like, yes, 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 and encourage the person. No, I'm that one. <laughs> Yeah, so it's two completely different experiences. Um, I think the spiritual walk is a bit more difficult because you are going inside. So you have to find your, your energy and your vibration inside. Um, so for a big group, like a Tony Robbins size group, I say, okay, go the rah-rah route. <laughs> because getting a group of like over 20, 30 people ready in this sort of spiritual way, it's like, it's a big ask if it's not people that already have that mm. kind of connection with themselves. But yeah, the most most beautiful experience. I absolutely love what you're saying because it's so true. I mean, like, um, you know, your spiritual journey and connecting, um, you know, to your inner self and, and to, to source as such um, would definitely require um, time, meditation, reflection, intent, as you said. But more importantly also is... Um, you know, this is not. Uh, I I I really think that this is um, something that's also part of of healing. Like, really, you know, coming to grips with who you are, why you are here, and and um, having those breakthrough moments. We are seeing people currently in this world, um, you know, completely um, in living in a state of fear, um, whether it's finances, career, um, what, what the future of their children, you know, the world is so unstable and everything is changing and people don't feel safe anymore. And, you know, if we just look at our cities, our cities are becoming, um, I'm actually about to, to write a, um, an article about that, um, about these changes that we are, are seeing within our cities. Um, you know, of people that are on drugs that are, um, you know, picking up garbage and, you know, making home at the rivers, the, the rivers are full of garbage, but at the same time, can you blame them? Um, and then we've got next to that, you've got people living in homes with millions, you know, um, and it's such a, a view of the injustice of what's happening in the world. And the reason I'm mentioning this is that 
It must take a lot of work to get a person to get into that high vibration with all of these fears that surrounds us all the time. And I suppose that you need to be in a place where you're safe, but you're also connected to nature because fire is an element. So you have to have other elements around you too. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's why I like to take people out far outside of their normal space. So take them into a nature retreat um, at the very least so they can have that distance and that makes it mm. much easier to go into that vibration. Kerry? Yeah, so um, for me, I think it's a case of and not not to to uh, push back against the spiritual walk. I guess it's just what one resonates with. And for me, I think um, it's easier to get people to walk for the first time by raising the vibration vibrational energy uh, externally. Even when we do the fit, the first night is the high energy one. The second night is the spiritual one. Because I just find it's it might be more difficult to tell somebody, listen, be quiet, meditate, and now go walk across fire. Okay, Not to say it's not doable, because it's very doable. And in fact, where we've been at festivals, like in the past, night one, we will do a high energy fire walk, and I'll run that. And then Beatrix on night two will run the, the, the in, inner spiritual one. And then we'll have it, like sometimes there'll be a few of the same people, but generally it's different people. <clears throat> and if you're going to have a group of, like we've, like we've said, three, 400 people walking over fire, you want to raise the, the vibration of the group, high energy, right? If it's maybe 15, 20, 30 people, maybe up to 50 people, then you can do it at low vibration. The other thing I want to say, Carmen, to what you were saying is, and you're spot on, in terms of the state of the, of the planet, and 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 the economy and what we see in the media and all these and and it's all intentional fear is being driven with with a purpose of making f people scared and and kind of keeping us at home <clears throat> and i think it's a great way for us to to overcome fear is by shouting by screaming by by literally chanting and having that intention when i walk across the fire this is what i'm letting go of i'm letting go of my fear i'm letting go of all my limiting beliefs i'm letting go of these things that no longer serve me and that i find comes very much from the from the activation of the energy. Mm. We've talked quite a lot about the history, the preparation, the intent, the things that you really need to think about. But also um, now one thing that fascinates me when I watched your documentary um, was this whole idea around the prepping of the fire and how the weather actually <laughs> works out in your favor every time you do the fire walking. And that fascinated me. Um, could you maybe um, tell us a little bit more about that? Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, specifically the one that was documented on Gaia, um, because I've been at, you know, for a long time. So once I, once I qualified as a firewalking instructor, it took me quite a while before I was in, in a comfortable zone to be able to facilitate firewalks. I was always like, yeah, I'll come to a firewalk. I'll come help. I'll come help build the fire, but I'm not going to be the person kind of getting people into state. That's like, that's just like dangerous. I can't, I can't do that. Um, and, and so it took quite a while to get to that kind of point, but at a lot of these, obviously at, at, in these firewalks, there would be a lot of times where weather was a factor. So we, we'd always go there and people would be like, Oh, but it's going to rain tonight. What, what are we going to do? And, and of course, firewalking instructors would say, No, man, we, we don't worry about rain. We always, we always ask for three things. We ask for clear skies, gentle breezes, and an ice cold healing fire. And uh, the moment we ask for clear skies, you know, it will clear up. And I'm like, Wow, that's, that's a bit of, you know, faith. And in, and in fact, like we even have, <laughs> we, <coughs> we even have firewalking groups where the instructors on, I'm talking hundreds of people on WhatsApp around the globe, where what will happen is just before a firewalk that someone in, you know, let's say Switzerland's doing or 
Sweden or, you know, some other part of the world, Russia. And they'll send a message on the group. They'll show pictures of the setup of the fire and, and everything or of the wood and everything. And they'll say, uh, please send clear, uh, clear skies and please, please set intentions for tonight. And then other people from around the world will be like, sending you clear skies, sending you gentle breezes, sending you ice cold healing fire. And then the next thing they send us photos afterwards and videos. And it's just been this amazing walk. So what was quite interesting is the night of, of, of the, uh, uh the walk at, at, at the Harmony Festival. It was insane because Beatrix and myself had built this fire. In fact, had this beautiful wood. It was all protea wood. So one of the things when we talk about intention and, and preparation is you need the right wood. So you need a hardwood that's that's um, obviously got no nails or anything like that. So it can't be like from crates and pallets. It's got to be tree wood. Um, and you want a healing wood. And you also don't want a wood that's got any sap or any kind of glue or stickiness. Because obviously if that comes out in the fire, you're going to step on that. You're going to get into trouble. So you want a really good hard dry wood like a camille horing uh, camille what's it camille horing <laughs> camille camille hot during hot or something like that that's like one then you got <laughs> circle boss is another one so it's all these really really uh like hard 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 woods um and what was beautiful about doing it at chambala is we had protea uh, which was all these kind of dead trees that had just been piled together and, and we asked roman for 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 the wood from the you know we did a small little test previously um, on the farm and we kind of tested that the wood burned nicely and it gave us the result that we wanted it gave us these nice hot because the coals also have to be hot and they have to be hard you want these big coals that burn for long you know and stuff that just turns to ash quickly because that's also no mm. not valuable so we had this beautiful wood we, we built this amazing fire and it's right in the middle of this pit and, and myself and beatrix are kind of light the thing and i still remember asking her, i say to her do you, so do you think this is a male fire or do you think this is a female fire and she's like yeah, i think mean? it's a f- so it's it's all about the the strength of the fire, the intention of the fire. You generally think male fires are hot, hotter and and more difficult, but inv- invariably it's not the case. Male fires are like you know big and strong, but female fires they teach you lessons. It's it's like it's just a thing, right? Like even like with a female fire, you'd rather want to do a spiritual walk than with a male fire where you doing a high energy walk it's that kind of thing so oh. I, I said to her i said you know what what you know what do you think and she says no it's probably a, a female fire tonight and as we're standing there it was like insane this wind just came out of nowhere and this fire like shot out the pit like at us and then it shot away and then it shot to the side and then it shot to the other side and then next thing it just did this like whirlwind of like spinning around and like kind of almost saying like hey I'm in charge tonight. And it was like, wow. wow, okay, we need to respect the fire. We need to remember why we're here. We need to be very, very clear of our intentions. So that was the first thing that showed up for us. Then the next thing, and kind of imagine this is our festival. We are opening up the spiritual festival with a firewalk. And off to the side, under the under the temple, is a whole bunch of people. They're drumming, and they're singing, and they're chanting. And they, they're not even conscious of the firewalk. That, for most of them, they probably don't even know that there's a firewalk happening that night. Um, and they're, they're kind of in their space. And um, next thing, it starts to drizzle. And uh, Beatrix and myself look at each other and we're like, what's this about? And we're like, well, it's drizzling. You know, we're going to protect our fire. Nothing's going to happen. A couple of people would come out and sit with us by the fire. And uh, and then afterwards, you, because it's raining so much, they would like, listen, we'll see you later. They'd get up and they'd go back inside. And the next person would come and sit for a bit. They'd get wet and off they'd go. And the two of us were standing here, Beatrix and myself, standing at this fire. And it's pouring now. It's just rain coming down mm-hmm. on our backs. Our backs are sopping. But, of course, we're standing fire front, 
So we dry on the front and eventually we turn around and we like kind of trying to dry our back from the fire and there's just the steam coming off our backs. It's like insane. And it's just coming down and coming down and both Beatrix and myself are like intent on the fact that we're going to keep this fire alive and people are walking tonight. No matter what the elements throw at us, we are we committed to this. And um, and then I remember going off inside into the temple, obviously left Beatrix, I asked her to please look after the fire and keep it going. And she said, okay, go do what you need to do. And I walked into the temple and the music stopped and we started setting intentions and raising the vibrational frequency. And I said, people, a couple of things I need you to, we need to ask for three things. We need clear skies, we need gentle breezes, and we need an ice cold healing fire. Now, mate, now at this point in time, it's pouring. So you can imagine the people in the temple looking at me going, you want clear skies and it's pouring, right? And, um, and I said, listen, I don't know how it works. I just know that every time I've been to a firewalk where it's raining or it's about to rain and we ask for clear skies, the, the heavens dry up and they allow us to do our walk. And even sometimes, and I said this to them, it might happen that we go out there, the rain stops, we'll walk. And when we finish, it might start raining again. And so anyway, we get into state, we're doing all the chanting, we're visualizing walking on the fire because that's also something that we do is we actually go through a process when we're raising the vibrational frequency that you close your eyes and you imagine that you're actually walking on the fire. So you, you see yourself standing in front of the fire, um, you, you see yourself doing this chant, which is ice cold, ice cold, ice cold, and you see yourself stepping off the fire and then actually celebrating. So we, we visualize this, you know, and then I open our eyes and, and, and we get into state like that. So we walk. So as, as I say, right, everybody follow me and I walk out and I don't even look back. Like there's no doubt in my mind. I'm just like, I know everybody's following me and I walk out. And literally as I step out and you can see it on the video, the rains stop. And wow. it's just, it's just, there's not a drop anywhere. We walk up to the fire and you can ask Beatrix, she's standing at the fire. I don't know what she was hearing or seeing or thinking. We walk up to the fire. There's a last few bunch of people that want to put intentions, write their intentions down and we put them into the fire. And then next thing we start getting the coal ready and we put it down on this runway and we break the coal down into popcorn. And while this is happening, we're keeping them chanting and we're going, ah, it's cold, ah, it's cold and doing all these things. <laughs> and we're like, all right, you know, then Beatrix will, will open the fire and it's always like a really, um, you know, brave, special moment because Opening the fires is, is showing everyone else that it's doable. It's also sh setting the intention. And also it's a way of checking that the fire is at the right temperature. Um, so it's a very, very brave step. And, and what will happen is I'll then kind of stand and I'll get Beatrix. I'll either say get into state or she'll either do it from a high energy position or she'll do it from a spiritual position. And then she'll just be like, okay, I'm ready. And then she'll walk. And she'll take her steps, get to the other end. And then there's just massive celebration and clapping and everything. One of the big things about walking on fire and in in fact it's a nice another nice euphemism for life is that it's all about celebration any momentous um achievement that you get right you have to celebrate and in the same way with walking on fire once you've crossed that chasm you've crossed over the fire and the coals and you get to the other end there's always somebody there to receive you to give you a hug you jump up and down and you scream and it's because you want to anchor that moment. Because once you've anchored that moment, you now know, your being knows that you've done it. And you have that forever. So it's very, very powerful. So even though Beatrix opens the fire all the time, every time she walks the first time, she's received by someone on the other end. And she celebrates and she anchors it. And now everybody else is witness to that. And now they kind of had the sense of like, okay, I can do this. The most amazing thing that also happens as well is when people walk. So like, for example, that night, they, they just walk they happen to find themselves in a row and if i'm like 
right behind Beatrix is the next person to walk, invariably I don't question it. I don't go, oh, um, hold on, let me move out of the way and let someone else go. It just is like, okay, I'm the next person to walk, and they just walk. And even what's also amazing is sometimes, depending on how big the group is, maybe there's seven or eight people that have walked, and then we'll stop number eight, and we'll say, wait, and then we'll get some more ice, as we call it, which is the hot embers. We'll take some more out of the fire. We'll sprinkle them down. And Reverse psychology, ne? Yeah, 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 exactly. Lang- language. It's all, it's all language. It's all language. So you'll see that person standing there looking at these coals that you've just put down going, why me? Like, why did you put them down before I'm walking? And then we go get into state and we get them back into state and then they walk and everyone else walks and walks and walks and walks. So, so yeah, so the, the most amazing thing about weather is that with anything, you know, it's all, it, everything shows up in your reality. So if there's a collective reality and it's a, it's a group of firewalkers, uh, or a group of people that are about to walk on fire, and the intention is to clear the skies so we can have a firewalk, then that's the result that we'll get. I love it. I want to ask uh, Beatrix a question because uh, uh, fire moss and preparing the fires and all of that. Like safety and security, please. Like, what is the process there? Because, like, what if somebody really gets hurt? What if they don't do the mental work properly and you know, they get their feet burned or, or something like that and it goes all wrong. I mean, what, 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 what happens there? Yeah, thanks for that. So I'm pretty, it's like you can take the law out of the women, but you can't take the women out of the law or something like that. So my background <laughs> is law. So, um, I'm like very, very particular about the, the health and safety aspects. So it starts with, I told you we have a venue guide. So this has all the guidelines that we need to check before we're even thinking about having a fire walk at the place to make sure that there are no trees close by so that if the fire picks up like it did that night, that nothing will catch a light, um, that there is sufficient space to move around so no one will accidentally stumble across a fire or a runway. So beforehand, we make sure that this is all, this is all, you know, the space for everything. And then um, we have a very specific way of setting things up. So it's very important that everything is very orderly and planned ahead. Because the moment there's any type of chaos energy, I will just cut it short. I will just say, like, this is not happening today. So everything is very structured, very organized. Um, one of the very important things is complete sobriety. So you cannot have had any drinks or had... Um, Cannabis, nothing like that. So you have to be completely sober. If I pick up that someone has been drinking or smoking or anything, I'll ask them that, you know, I'll tell them not to walk. Um, we do have an indemnity form that we give to people, you know, when we kind of start the process. This has two purposes. The one is like it is a proper indemnity because you're going to be partaking in a, you know, somewhat dangerous activity. And the other purpose is to let people understand the gravity of what they're about to do. So you are taking full mm-hmm. responsibility for your well-being as a sovereign being and um, for that reason you are signing this document so if you do not feel that you are right then you don't walk then on top of that once we've got the runway going i've opened the fire the next thing i will stand by i will either i'll be at the end of the fire receiving people or i'll be right there letting them take the first step either way i want them to look me in the eyes and i want to see that they are ready if I see that the person is not ready or they're not looking at me as they should be, then I will tell Kerry this person is not walking. So two things then. Firstly, sovereign being is your responsibility to make sure that you're safe. And then on top of that, if I pick up that you are being irresponsible and you're probably not being safe, then I'll tell you not to walk. So that part is like it's all fun and games, but we have to get these things right. 
Um, and that's like my, my problem with these sometimes very big events where it's all about just getting people through and it kind of becomes a bit chaotic. And this is where I think and where I see things going wrong. The intention is maybe no longer about a personal breakthrough for every person. It becomes more about rushing a whole bunch of people through an event to get the numbers up and to get the show going. This is not right. This is a super personal, very intense practice. And let's honor it in that way and give every person a space mm-hmm. to do it. If, if a person's going to have one chance in his life to do this, let's make it a very good um, a very good experience so they can have a breakthrough instead of like just chaos and breakdown. Yeah. That was my lecture. <laughs> I was just going to say I fully agree on that. I think, you know, we've had – We've had our own big fireworks where we've had, you know, between 300 and 500 people where we've made it about that personal experience. Every single person. We Obviously, the bigger the group, the more uh, facilitators you need to make sure that people are being watched, especially when there's children on site. You know, like you don't want kids just running across the fire because they think it's a game because they don't understand what's going on. So people need Mm -hmm. to be minded. We've also had feedback from people on, on smaller groups where they've done big, I won't mention names, but big famous people events where they've kind of gone, you know, I either got injured or I didn't really, I didn't really feel the value. I just felt I was being pushed through the sausage machine where they're going, I really, really got value out of this because we did the work. We did, you know, we set the intentions, we wrote down our stuff and I really felt that it was about me and and and, and I was being facilitated through this process. And I think, you know, what Beatrix is saying there is so key because sometimes we can allow ego to, to slip in as a facilitator and it becomes this rah, rah, look how many people we're getting across the fire and it becomes about the facilitator and less about the uh, those that are being facilitated. And I think that is so important that uh, that, that is not the case that we remember as, as firewalking facilitators and instructors that each and every person is going through their own breakthrough experience and that's what we need to be there to support. Well, this was a fascinating conversation. I sure want to know when that happens, when the next uh, firewalk is. I might, I might. I, I now feel like, okay, I understand it a little bit more. <laughs> I, even, I do feel like a grandma some days and I'm like, oh, this sounds like tick. But anyway, I'm going to try and give it a go. Um, and uh, <laughs> you'll probably have to film it because I'm going to forget what happened that moment. And I'm probably going <laughs> to have to, and I don't think I would do it again. <laughs> So, if if I can say just on that, I mean, I, firstly, I think from Beatrice and myself side, we would we would love to facilitate that with you. I think it would be an amazing uh, uh, process and experience. Looking forward to it. I think the second thing is we've we've heard and many people say exactly what you're saying on this side of the fire, going, "I'd love to do it, but I don't know if I would." And all all I always say is that if you're feeling that call, just trust the process, and the process is quite simply this. Don't make the decision about walking or not walking. Make the decision to go through the process and trust the process. And then when you step up to the fire, only in that point, when the fire calls you to walk, you walk. If it doesn't, you trust that and you leave it for the next time. Well, here's to ice walking. <laughs> See, I got I got there. I got there. Okay, so I just want to close off um, this conversation before we um, get into um, the sweat lodges um, and how that works. But I just wanted to quickly ask you a question. When you did your first firewalk, and Beatrix, I'd like to start with you. When you did your first firewalk, very briefly, what was your first intent or your first reason for walking? And then over to Kerry. Sure, that took me back quite a bit right there. So 
Mm-hmm. And my first firewalk, I was going through a major, major life transition from leaving a life that I'd built for 12, 13 years after a spiritual awakening, deciding to really start following my my soul mission. And so that night at the fire, I created a picture of what I see myself as, um, you know, in a year, two, three years down the line. And it was that picture, that very vivid picture of the person I want to be and how I will serve the world when I step into that version. That is the picture I created that night. And that is the picture that most walks that I do today is still the picture that I see. And I'm happy to report four years later, I'm so much closer to that picture. Yeah, but it keeps me going. That's beautiful. Thank you. Fear, to understand and to break through fear. And understand the power of, of uh, how walking over fire can give you that. Wow. Okay. Sold. <laughs> so let me know when the next event is. Do you have any upcoming events happening? Well, probably we're off to Greece next week. And I'm planning to do one or two events down there. We'll see as we are called. And then we will be back in South Africa towards November. And so I'm planning to do somewhere in November to do a big firewalk out here in the Northwest. Okay, well, that sounds fascinating. Well, I will definitely be in touch um, down below. Just follow the links. And now we're off to our next conversation and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.